welcome to the Homeschooling Family Podcast. Here we discuss just about everything that comes into play when you are a Christian homeschooling family. I'm Leslie Nunnery, and on today's podcast, I'm joined by Rebecca Spooner as we talk about standing your ground, regardless of whatever adversity or attack you may face. In the rather uncertain times that we're living and raising our families in, we need to be often reminded about how we can stand firm. And Rebecca shares some really helpful thoughts about that as we chat from personal experience and share how God has taught both of us along the way. I am so glad you're here. Let's dive right into my conversation with Rebecca Smith. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. I am really, really excited to have Rebecca Spooner on the program today. A lot of you know Rebecca from Gather Around Homeschool, her uh, resources that I'm going to have her talk about in a little bit, but also from Homeschool On. I've been following her for a long time, and uh, she's been a favorite speaker at Teach Them Diligently as well. So, Rebecca, welcome to the Homeschooling Families podcast. Thank you. Excited to be here. For those who are not familiar with you, can you give us just a little bit of information about kind of your family, your background, uh, what you do in the homeschool arena? Yeah, so um, I have five children. I always used to say young, but I guess they're kind of growing up now. (laughs) (laughs) So my youngest is six and my oldest is 13. And I've been homeschooling from the very beginning, and I'm a second-generation homeschooler. So I've had a little bit of experience with public school myself, but I was homeschooled for most of my education. Um, And then, of course, had children, homeschooled them from the beginning. So my ministry is sharing that this is possible. And I've done that through Homeschool On, as well as creating curriculum at Gather Round, and just passionate about encouraging homeschool families. That is that is awesome. And the Lord has certainly blessed the work of your hands and given you the opportunity to talk to many, I know, which is really exciting. Yes. <laughs> now, about a, a week or two ago, I can't remember exactly when it was, I got a text from somebody who, who was like, stop now and pray for Rebecca Spooner. And I'm like, what is going on? And she talked about something that was going on on your website. And I wanted to bring that up because it seems very timely to what we were going to talk about as far as um, things that tend to happen when you're following God's plan for your life. Yes. Yeah. It's definitely been an interesting Last couple of weeks, just feeling like we're kind of picking up the pieces and has led me to feel super passionate about sharing. I think it ties in. I mean, everyone might not be able to relate to my story as far as having a website and a business and the fallout of this. But I think as Christians right now in the climate that we're even in, um, you know, in our culture and politically and in every aspect, (laughs) I think that it is a relevant message of just standing against attack and adversity and hardship and our response to that as Christians. You know, one of the things that we talk about a lot here in our family um, is so often, especially historically, I think that people have gotten the idea that following God's plan is supposed to be easy. It's, you know, you just kind of coast along, it's joyful and, and all of those, it is, it should be joyful because joy is a choice, but there has always throughout history been resistance to pursuing God's plan. And I think as families, we're starting to feel that a lot more, both from following God's plan as home educators, following God's plan as we disciple our children and try to live in his ways, and then following God's plan as we're trying to reach out and do stuff in our communities and, you know, beyond. Um, But that just seems to really be picking up and things I think we could all use a little encouragement about. 
Yeah, absolutely. It's definitely different times right now. <laughs> yeah, no question. Um, now you are up in Canada. I know. Um, you know how? What are you all experiencing? Because Canada always actually seems to be a little farther beyond even where the states are in stuff like this. Yeah, it's been it's been interesting. I feel like Canadians have been very closely watching what's happening in the United States because. Um, though in many ways, politically and everything else, I think we're, we're even more far gone as far as values um, and just where we're at as a country. Um, it, obviously, I mean, the United States has a deep impact on, on ca- like Canadians and our politics and everything else. So it's been very interesting to follow what's been happening. I think that, that even the sense of that I, I'm sensing kind of all over the United States and social media and everywhere right now, there's just an unrest and um, mm. anger and fearfulness or overwhelming this this sense I think it's just as prevalent here in Canada that people are facing whether it's regards to COVID or how this is going to impact us or you know election or um, you know finances or money there's just a lot of uncertainty right now and I think it's it's definitely no different here Um, in some ways it's it's more stringent or um, more things are even happening up here I think but it's definitely been um it's been a it's been a rough season, and I guess I feel like a lot of us didn't think it was going to last this long. This has been a lot longer than we well, thought. It's, it it's just unprecedented the way it just, it like expands. It keeps getting bigger. It seems too, which is just bizarre. Yeah. Um, just it, it, everything about this year has been bizarre, and you know, there there are a lot of memes to back me up on that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, as you have been going through this and as as your family has both expanded your reach, but also run into some difficulties along the way, you know, what has God been teaching you um, that maybe will also be encouraging to, to those of us at home? Yeah. So, I mean, I faced obviously like anybody else out there, a lot of adversity um, and attack. And for us, we really strongly believe that we are following what God has has called us to. And because of that, are facing um, some of this stuff. And so that's led me to really kind of dive deep into what is adversity and what is um, what is kind of in the spirit and what is natural. Um, so the world defines adversity as continued difficulties. But I feel like there is spiritual adversity that goes deeper than that. It's like, you know, in the movies where you see like the walls closing in on all sides. I feel like that's a little bit like, like spiritual adversity. It's not just difficulty. It's the pressing. It's sometimes having to push back. It's sometimes, um, sometimes it might be an unmoving wall. Sometimes it might be an attack. Sometimes it's within ourselves. I think we face adversity just against our own nature and our human nature. And sometimes it's the whisper and lies of the enemy that may be coming from other people and self-doubt and all these other things. So we face it on all sides, the spiritual adversity, especially when we are walking in the call that God has laid on our hearts. And so that kind of, I'll share a little bit of my, my testimony, I guess, of the last year. Um, and then kind of go from there of how I feel this applies, no matter if you are facing adversity in homeschooling, in your business, in your ministry, in your family values, in your parenting, um, no matter where you're facing it, I think that, that these truths and our response to them apply across the board. So Mm. Yeah. Gather and homeschool. Basically I started this a year ago. I gave God my business. It was a year and a half ago. I sat down, I write on a napkin and I just said, God, I, I don't just want to do this. 
um, you know, for you and for your glory. I actually just want you to do it. I give you my business entirely. I signed it off to him, signed at the bottom. You are the operator. I just want to, I just want to run things. You tell me what to do and I'll do it. And he gave me his business plan, turns out, of where he wanted me to go. And he gave me this entire idea. I was praying. It was like midnight of Gather Around Homeschool, which is this picture of unit studies of families gathered together, learning together and just connecting and everything pointing to Jesus. Hmm. So. He just really has taken it. It's been an incredible journey. We have, I mean, there's been so many ups and downs to share all the adversity and tax would take much too long. Um, so fast forward to the last couple of weeks, um, we launched our Christmas unit and our Christmas unit is different. It's not even really, it's because we're a homeschool company. It's of course for homeschoolers, but it's, it's for anybody. And it is not even really school as much as it's focused on traditions and Jesus. And there's random acts of kindness and we're working on gifts to Jesus and everything just pointing back to him and connecting. So it's a really special unit. Um, it's, it's probably the most special unit we've created. And I knew, I, I said to Jonathan, I said, I feel like our website is going to have issues. I just, I, <laughs> I feel like we're going to have something's going to go wrong. The funny part is though, is that we launched it at 9am Pacific time. And the second the clock hit 9am, boom, we were under cyber attack. And it was so, I guess I expect the enemy is like going to be kind of subvert or, you know, not in your face, but no, this was in your face, like cyber attack from all over the world. We were facing cyber attack and it was like millions of hits against our site and our site was bogged down and it broke. And, um, we still are trying to pick up the pieces and fix what happened. And we had just, I mean, it was, it was so stressful. Um, so it was a very in your face attack that was a little bit shocking. Um, and we're still kind of trying, we switched websites back and we're trying to figure out all the orders that we missed in that process. And it's, it's just been a nightmare to be honest. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And we've had growth walls. We've had website walls. We've had the verbal attack of others. We've had um, just battles, even within myself. A lot of the battles that I feel like I faced is overwhelm, just feeling Mm -hmm. overwhelmed or the lies of the enemy that I can't, I can't do this. Like this is too much and having to push back. So whether it's, it's a very, you know, in your face attack from what I feel is the enemy or whether it's even just within ourselves or coming from other people, there's been a lot of, a lot of battles and a lot of attack. And sometimes it's this pushback against the walls. Sometimes it's, it's, we need to do battle. And sometimes I feel like it's the battle is truly just to stand. You know, yeah. like, I feel like we as homeschoolers, parents, whatever, sometimes the battle is I'm not even pushing back. I'm not even fighting against. I'm not trying to wield a weapon right now. I'm just trying to stand and not fall. And sometimes that is the biggest battle of all is just standing firm in what God has called you to stand for. So yeah, and the lines, the lines right now are so clear too. the, the yes. They seem much more clear than they've ever been in my lifetime. You know, just that it's, it's, I don't, it's not an us against them. It's, it's a, you know, this is right and this is not. And these lines are getting just really, really clearly defined, but they do make you dig in your heels and, and stand firm, whether you're trying to move an initiative forward or a ministry forward, or, or you're just trying to raise your family the right way. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's really difficult and, and identifying too. I think it's identifying that sometimes, you know, the walls aren't even always the enemy. So it, 
it's the it's it's clear sometimes what's coming from the enemy. Sometimes it's just you're facing these walls and you're you're wondering where are these coming from and trying to discern, you know, is this God shutting a door? Is this that this is supposed to move forward or we're supposed to do something else or is this attack and I'm supposed to push back against that? And so it feels like as as much as we're facing uncertain times in the world all around us, I think as Christians there's a lot of people with a lot of questions right now trying to figure out how am I supposed to know when I'm supposed to move when I'm supposed to walk, when I'm supposed to speak, when I'm supposed to stay silent, how am I supposed to know as a Christian how I'm supposed to move forward when everything is so uncertain and I'm not even sure what the right answer is at this point. So I feel like that's like, are you kind of sensing that, like that kind of temperature, I guess, inside the church and the Christian community? Oh, absolutely. And it really underscores the the necessity of knowing your mission. Why are you doing what you're doing in every area? Why are you homeschooling? What is the what is the reason behind that? Are you, you know, do you I encourage people write that down, keep that handy because when times get hard, when it gets rough, you're gonna want to retreat and go away. But if you know why God has called you to do it, you're much more likely to to continue and to just gird up and do it well. Um, but the same thing is knowing your mission in anything that you're doing. You have to understand that and he who called you first know him well so that when these when this time of adversity comes when it gets difficult you have something solid to lean on yes absolutely i think like today there's there's so many i, I mean goodness christianity is under attack family is under attack. Values are under attack. Freedom of speech is under attack. Marriage is under attack. Morality is under attack. There are so many different things that are under attack right now that it's easy as Christians to fall into this this cycle of feeling overwhelmed or anxious or fearful and uncertain of of what we're supposed to do about that. And I think that's what I, I don't have all the answers. And I want to be clear to say the fact that I definitely feel overwhelmed sometimes. I definitely feel anxious sometimes. And I'm constantly having to that whole verse of taking your thoughts captive, every thought captive. Yeah, God doesn't just say take some thoughts captive. Like when you think of it once in a while, he says, take every thought captive captive. We are supposed to be testing our thoughts and we are supposed to be investigating them. And we're supposed to be determining if that is truth, if that is from God, or if that is a lie or something that's just not worth our time. And I think that we struggle with that in today's culture. It's so busy. It moves so fast. There's so many distractions. It's hard to take the time to process your thoughts and feelings. We just kind of are at the mercy of them. And I think that needs to to shift in the Christian church. No question. And the other thing about taking your thoughts captive, we are inundated with so much messaging that if you aren't careful and if you aren't very intentional in being in God's word, knowing it well, you're going to have a hard time discerning truth and and the lies that are out there because there's just so much coming at you so quickly that it's very easy to get swept away in the lies that are being thrown about all the time. Absolutely. Yeah. And that, that just tends to add to that overwhelm and that um, anxiousness and, and well, the anxiety and so on that you feel. Yeah. 
And it's, I think, a tenuous balance of we we don't want to, I want to say, like, it's time to take back control of our emotions yes. and our feelings and all of that. But at the same time, recognizing that there's so many things that are outside of our control. God is ultimately sovereign. We don't see the whole plan. And and if we're relying on our own strength and our own abilities, then then things are not going to go well for us. So recognizing that, you know, we're, we're fallen and that we're sinful and that we're going to make mistakes and we're not going to get it right all the time. But also that we want to be diligent at improving in this area of our lives of, of not allowing ourselves to cycle in that and choosing to take control at least of our thoughts and our emotions, no matter what you may be facing in what area of your life. Right. Well, I'm not looking, I have a tendency to, if, if I don't take my thoughts captive, to look at the entire world at once instead of just the next thing, the yeah. next thing that God wants me to do, the, or just the next thing that I need to do. And by just kind of breaking down and, and looking at the next thing and trusting God for the rest, this season, if nothing else, has has really, really reinforced um, that day-by-day faith and trust in God because there have been so much, so many things completely outside of our control and and it's been very sweet to see God come through day by day um, and just really find ourselves at a place where we are literally praying for just the next day's, you know, just the next day, Lord, just just keep us going the next day. And to see him sustain us has really been a, a faith growing time as much as it's been a time where we've wrestled with our own um angst and you know just again that that battle to take your thoughts captive you know that god is in control but to actually live that way is sometimes a little bit more of a struggle yes absolutely i think in these in this season there's been there's so many things i mean there's the five steps to this and 10 steps to that and as christians i think yeah like you said i think a lot of times we know the answer but it's it's difficult to actually put into practice and i feel like there's been two key things that if there's just a few things that we can focus on to help, I think there's, there's these two are the most important in my mind. I think the first one is speaking truth. And that brings me to John 16, 33, which says, I have said these things to you that in me, you may have peace in the world. You will have tribulation, but take heart. I have overcome the world. Hmm. I, I mean, like you said in the beginning, God doesn't promise us easy. He never promised us that things were just going to be, there's no difficulty. There's no trials. He, he actually promises us. We will, you are going to face that this world is broken and you're going to face sin. You're going to face trials. You're going to face difficulties. That's part of living in this world. But we as Christians are called to take heart and to have hope. And I think part of that comes from speaking. There's so much power in our spoken word. He says the power of life and death is in the tongue. When God spoke, he created the world. He spoke and light existed. He spoke and it happened. I think there is power in the spoken word and we are called to speak hope, to speak victory. And it's, it's as simple as if you don't know what to say in a moment, if you feel like you are, are locked into an emotion or you are locked into depression or overwhelm or anxiety, finding key verses, don't speak your own words. The most right. powerful words you're going to find are, are the words of God. Bible says the word of God is the sword of the spirit. It's our sword. You want to battle against these things? Take the word of God specific to your emotion or your situation if you're struggling with anger or anxiousness or any of those, find verses about those and speak them 
out loud. Write them on index cards, paste them on your mirror, put them around your house, speak the word of God out loud over your circumstances. And it's going to remind you and help you to take your thoughts captive. And it's also going to remind your children who are going to hear you actively speaking the promises and the truth of scripture to counteract all the lies that are continuously coming at us from all sides. Yeah, absolutely. And and we can't lose sight of the fact that we are actually modeling what the Christian life looks like for our children. So as we are encountering these difficult things, God is opening a million doors for us to help our children grow through them as well, which stretches us and forces us to get deeper into God's word because we want so much for our children. Um, It just really reinforces how amazing his plan for families is. Yes, yeah, there's a, such a bigger picture. And sometimes we get caught into the right now and, mm-hmm. and how this is affecting us. But our kids are watching. Our kids are listening. And not just our kids, your neighbor, your friends. People are watching and listening for how you are responding to what is going on around you. People are watching your social media posts. People are watching whether you are posting with, with hope and, and, and joy and, and just the love of God or how you are responding to the situations you are being faced People are watching and we have an opportunity. Doesn't mean it's going to make it any easier. Doesn't mean it's not going to be a battle, but we have an opportunity not just to see breakthrough and victory in our own lives and our own hearts and at least our sense of rest and peace that God has says is available to us, but also to our children and also to all the other people who are watching us. We ha- we can have an impact, a huge impact. Absolutely. And we can't lose sight of that either Um, because it's actually a really encouraging thing to recognize that God can use you right where you are just through those everyday situations. And and that's that's a very exciting thing. You don't have to have a massive platform in order for God to use you to impact the lives of others. Yes. So true. Um, the second thing that I feel like God is really just probably actually I should have said this first, probably the most important thing is drawing close to Jesus. And, um, obviously, I mean, as a, I hate using this word influencer, but you know, as somebody who, who has many, many people who are watching, um, I've had lots of experience with social media, the good, the bad, and the ugly. And there's so much judgment, even within the Christian community of how you respond to things, whether you should be speaking, whether you shouldn't be speaking. It's, it's really hard to discern, um, what you're supposed to say and when, and I've had lots of practice over the years in, in this online platform. And the biggest thing I've learned is that there is no one right answer and not to judge. And there have been times that God has called me to speak. He has said, Rebecca, you are going to, you get to post, like you get to respond to this and you respond in all the truth that I lay on your heart. There is times he's called me to be silent and to love. Do not respond. Pearls to swine. In this moment, for this situation, in this conversation, you are going to accomplish nothing. Don't respond. There's been times he's told me to stand my ground, not necessarily speaking, but just standing my ground. And I think even as Christians and, and especially with social media and with all of the awareness, everybody knows our thoughts and opinions on absolutely everything. <laughs> easy to say there's one answer. Everybody should get up on their platform and speak or everybody, no one should get on the platform and speak. We don't have a right to judge. No one should speak. Actually, actually, there is not a one single answer for every person and there's not a one single answer for every circumstance. 
Right. Um, First Thessalonians 5, 16 to 22, rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Do not quench the spirit, do not despise prophecies, but test everything, hold fast to what is good, abstain from every form of evil. I think that we are called to draw close to Jesus and to hear mm-hmm. his voice and to test for ourselves what we're supposed to do in individual circumstances. And the biggest thing that we can do as Christians, whether it's in your homeschool, whether people are judging you for how you're raising your kids, whether people are judging you in your marriage, whether people are judging you for your views or your convictions, we are called first and foremost, even before you respond, before you even rise to action, to seek him first. Hmm. Seek first and ask him, you know, what do you want me to do in this situation? And do I speak or do I not speak? Because he knows, he knows individual hearts. He knows what's going to have impact. He sees the bigger picture that we don't. We're caught in this moment and circumstance. So well, yeah, and he also knows the background and the the mindset and the experience level of both the hearer and the speaker. And when we do seek his face in those situations, it's always been amazing to me at the way that he has seemed to rise up the right person to speak to a situation. Even mm-hmm. though you know, there are tons of us that feel the same way, one person really kind of takes the lead on the issue. And it's that person that you can tell God really has his hand on for that moment. And um, so, yeah, absolutely. Staying in tune with God's will for you and being, being humble enough and patient enough to, to accept whether it is speak up or stand firm or, you know, be still and know whatever of those situations that you're facing, just trust that he knows the best for that. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, and that's a whole picture of like praying without ceasing. I think when we're in that, in the word, and when we're in relationship with Jesus, those things that maybe are, are confusing or just seem so big or so overwhelming, there's so much more clarity when we are in intimate relationship with Jesus. And it's easy to fall out of that with all the distractions and all of the busyness. Um, and I think it's a, a good reminder for us as Christians to to just stay close, stay close, focusing on sometimes I think, I think there's a lot of people, at least in my experience, there's been a lot of people that have responded and said, okay, but I don't know. Like when I sit and pray, I don't get a clear sense of when I should speak or when I should be silent. Like, I don't know how to hear God's voice. And I'm struggling with that. And I think in that verse, that whole picture then of, if you don't know, then just draw close to Jesus and give thanks. I think giving thanks, could you imagine if the church, could you imagine if on social media and in everything we did, we focused more on giving thanks in all circumstances than anything else? Like, I just can't even imagine if it what was the fruit of the Christian church, of our families, of our homeschools, of our marriages, was thankfulness just poured out in every circumstance. It would, it would change our world. I honestly believe it would change things drastically if we were just thankful. Well, I can actually attest personally to that, and and uh, it's it's been amazing over the last several years, which have been really really hard in a lot of ways for our family. God has impressed on David to to really study gratitude, Thanksgiving, and it has so completely transformed him and thus our family that um, 
I, I, I just, there are no words. He, he actually is producing and, and will be releasing in the next week or so a transformed journal about Thanksgiving that does just what you said. It, it trains you over 40 days to take the circumstances and to, to really discipline your mind to see it through a lens of Thanksgiving. And he does all of this teaching on what God's word says about it. It is phenomenal though, to see how he responds to situations now that is so much different than how he would have responded to these same situations two years ago when he first started this quest. Um, it is it is one of the most transformational things I have ever seen in my life. And to play that largely across the entire Christian community would have the most profound impact on our culture, on our world at large, and on the kingdom of heaven than anything we could ever imagine. I am convinced of that. Yeah, absolutely. That's so exciting. I didn't know he was doing that. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of it'll be out for pre-launch um well, about the time that this podcast goes live. So I'll link to it below everybody. Awesome. <laughs> Yeah, it really, it's a very exciting project, but it's so personal. And, and I wish, in fact, I probably need to do a video about just how I've seen it change David and the, the, it's hard to, to fully express the amount of stress that he has been under for years. Just anybody who is leading a ministry, there is a lot of pressure and stress that, that ends up being upon them in this world. Um, and the, the difference in his demeanor, his countenance, his outlook, his the way of dealing with individual situations, his, his appreciation, not just for me and the kids, but for other people, whether they are doing him right or wrong, in my opinion. Um, it's just, it has absolutely transformed his life. And so just like you were saying about that spirit of Thanksgiving, I can attest to having seen it played out in my family and, you know, beyond that as he's been teaching. Yeah, it's so good. And I, I think that that's like, then the, honestly, the biggest takeaway, if, if you are uncertain of, of where to go, or I have a hard time discerning God's voice, or I'm not, I'm not really sure what I'm supposed to say or what I'm not. And you just feel like even this is just overwhelming and just, you, you need something tangible, then take that. Let that be the tangible thing you walk away with. Praise God in all circumstances. My husband and I, sometimes we go out and it's been like the worst day and we start just venting to each other. And sometimes we need to vent. It's like this happened and this happened and this happened. And it's like so much that has just compounded over the day and just added all the stress. And at the end of that, we just say, okay, now enough of that. Say something you're thankful for because you get so tunnel visioned into that, that then it's like, okay, we're going to start just declaring thankfulness and praising God for his goodness in our lives and for his goodness. Even when we don't feel like we're seeing his goodness in our lives, then there's goodness somewhere. You guys, you can find it, find goodness somewhere and praise him for it because it takes you out of that. It lifts your spirit. It fills you with joy. I think joy is the fruit that comes out of thankfulness. You want to experience God, then thank him. Even if you don't feel it, because then you're going to start to shift your perspective and your attitude, and you will have an attitude of breakthrough and victory and joy and that peace that surpasses all understanding because you're stopped focusing on your circumstances. You stop focusing on the waves all around you and you're looking to Jesus. Yep. Amen. Amen. And another thing that comes out of drawing near to Jesus, um, which was, you know, kind of the main point of this segment of our conversation is you don't react in the moment as much as you are. If you are praying without ceasing, then and taking your thoughts captive, as you were noting earlier, you are much more self-controlled, which is another fruit of the spirit to yeah. not lash out, to not say something that you wish you hadn't, to not um, react to something in your flesh, uh, which is, you know, our my initial reaction is almost always 
biting and and sarcastic and just really not what I would want other people to to be on the receiving end of. But yeah. by, by by taking those things captive and just crucifying my flesh in that, I'm able to really seek God's face and respond with the grace that he would have me respond. Um, don't do that perfectly, but that is absolutely you know, what we should strive for. And it saves so much regret. And so that just adds pressure onto a bad situation when you have regret too. Um, But just taking those thoughts captive will save you from so much heartache. Yeah. Yeah. I hope, I mean, it's my, my prayer that people are encouraged. Not, not because obviously you and I, we don't have it all together. We don't always do it well all the time. And, but, but to be encouraged that there is, there is, we don't have to be captive. We, we are a new creation and we don't have to sit in captivity of, of this feeling of the mountain of overwhelm. There's nothing we can do. Oh, all is lost as we watch really the degradation of our world all around us. And it is discouraging, but we're called to, again, that keeping our eyes on Jesus and standing firm in what he's called you to do. You know, it's going to be difficult. And if you didn't know, now you do. It's going to be it's going to be hard, but to stand firm in what God has called you to do and don't look to anybody else to tell you what that is. And don't look to anybody else to tell you how you're supposed to act that out or when you're supposed to speak or when you're supposed to be silent. Don't compare yourself and don't take cues from anyone. Take your cues from him and him alone and stand firm and be encouraged in that because he has so much for you and for your family. He has not forgotten you. He has not forsaken you. He says you are never alone. He is always with you. And so even in the midst of no matter what you are facing in your homeschool, your family, your relationships, your marriage, your parenting, your church, um, no matter where you're facing it, he is never, ever, ever, ever going to leave you or abandon you in that. Amen. Amen. Well, and honestly, one good way to to find peace, to, to kind of remember all of those things is by slowing down and actually spending time together with your family, with the ones that you love. And, you know, we're almost out of time, but I wanted to take just a couple of minutes to let you explain the heart behind the curriculum that you have produced and, and really... Because to me, the times that I've been able to just sit around the table and do learning, do life, do things together with my children, um, it all the things of earth grow strangely dim. You know, I know that 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 lyric actually goes to in the light of his glorious face. But even as you are gathered around and you are you are really focusing on doing what God has called you to do within your family, even then the things of this earth can go strangely dim. So tell us a little bit about gather around in that context. Yeah. So before Gather Round, I mean, I, as a blogger, I reviewed things. I I was very busy. I was very busy always getting new curriculum and trying it out with my kids. And then there was something new and trying it out and reviewing it. And that was my job. And we bounced around and things were pretty chaotic. And, and I definitely felt that I, I would tell everybody, you know, don't focus on what the world is telling you or the world's definition of success, focus on what God has called you to. But it's so easy to get caught up into that cycle of, I feel like I'm not doing enough. I feel like I need to do more. I feel like I'm failing my children. I feel like, oh, those kids know that maybe we're behind. Um, And always adding, 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 trying to create what everybody else is really doing. So I would feel good about myself going to bed at night and just 
dissatisfied. I was so dissatisfied and wanting more. And I remember when I was praying and, and the, the prayer time that gather round came out of, um, I was, I was praying and I just felt like God drew me back to this picture. And it's funny because I teach them diligently specifically when I've spoken, I, it's one of my opening lines. I talk about how I envisioned my children were going to gather around me like little hens and everyone was just looking up to me with their big beady little eyes engaged in the lessons. And, and I was going to learn and they were going to learn and we were going to love it. Um, and then I started homeschooling and it's like this reality check. And I talk about adjusting our expectations and, and God just so convicted me, which if anyone's listened to that session, I'm so sorry. He so convicted me because he said, you let go of that. You even mocked that. You made that as if it was, it was unattainable and it was naive, but that's my heart for homeschooling. Mm-hmm. I actually have a deep and passionate and abiding heart for homeschooling, for home education, for families, drawing and learning and growing and connecting together. And all of those things are so key to the father's heart that I felt like he said, you, you need to come back to that. That vision is not something to laugh at. That vision is something to run towards. And all of a sudden I started shifting my perspective and my expectations around school. And, and he gave me this idea of, of all of my subjects so far, I haven't incorporated math, but everything else in one unit that I could do with all kids, all ages, all grades. So instead of doing these six different subjects, six, six different books times my five different children, I'm doing one. And so sitting and reading together and coming together and discussing and rabbit trailing and adventuring. And then people, you know, all your kids going off and doing their individual notebooks. So we have a notebook for our pre-readers and our early readers and our early elementary and our middle school and our uppers and our, our high school. And so we have all these notebooks that are going to go into their subjects and tie things together like a unit study, but all focused around one core topic and all of them learning about similar things. So you get that round table discussion and connection and wonder but at their individual lessons and and at their age levels and and what is applicable to them and interesting to them and really just engaging them and and giving them that independence so that's that's the heart behind it the heart behind it is what I believe God's heart is for homeschooling and and at at the center of all of it it is God in absolutely everything because he is so infused and and not having to take him out and have a Bible curriculum, which I have a Bible curriculum. I wrote one. I totally believe in those. They're awesome. Um, but, but also being able to bring God into all of the subjects that we learn and seeing how everything connects and how he is the author of creativity. And he is the author of love. And he is the author of history. And he, you know, like just tying him in so that they can see the connections, not just with their subjects and with their family and, but also with God in everything that we do. Yep. That is awesome. That is awesome. Um, well, tell us really quickly where they can find it. Um, and you know, and now you've got your Christmas unit out as well. And then I'll be sure to link down below too. Yeah. So you can find it at gatheroundhomeschool.com. Um, our Christmas unit is our newest one. Uh, we also have U.S. history coming out. We have a series of um, four of those that we're doing. We're doing new units. Uh, we actually do about two new units every month, and they're each designed to be a month long. And so there's many, many different options available on the site. The Christmas unit is definitely our top seller, um, our most popular, and it's just really unique if you're looking for a way to connect. We also have an advent um, with just simple, beautiful, 
verses you can put up on your wall and mm-hmm. then little readings that you can do together and just trying to engage everybody um, at every different level rather than it being super little kid or going over our, our younger kids heads. So, um, so yeah, you can check it out, see samples and everything on the website at gatheroundhomeschool.com. And we also have an app available. You can just search it. It's a free app and there's a lot more information and pictures and, and lives and different things that are available um, on that. Awesome. Awesome. Well, Rebecca, thank you so much for taking the time to join us today. Yes. Thanks for having me. And everybody else, I hope you have a wonderful afternoon and I look forward to talking to you again real soon. Thank you for listening to the Teach Them Diligently podcast. We believe that every family is called to teach them diligently. So we're here to help. We would love to get to know you on site at one of our many events each year and throughout the year when you become part of the Teach Them Diligently 365 community. Go to www.teachthemdiligently.net forward slash podcast to get more details and resources to encourage and equip your family. While you're there, you can also pick up the show notes and additional information from today's show. It's our daily prayer that God will encourage and equip your family through Teach Them Diligently, and we'd love to hear from you. Send us a note or share your stories with us on social media with the hashtag WeTTD. God is doing great things within His families all around the world, and we would love to celebrate that with you. We'd also love to have you join us by subscribing to our podcast and then sharing it with a friend who could use a little encouragement as they too follow God's plan for their family. Hope you have a fantastic rest of your day, and I look forward to visiting with you again real soon.